Hi, you're listening to Bridal and Ride on Air. I'm Caitlin, and welcome to your go-to horse lovers podcast. In this episode, we'd like to talk about anatomic bridles and the key elements to take into consideration. Today I'm going to talk about a pet peeve of mine, the labelling anatomic bridle used by a lot of brands. Let me just state it very plainly. Not one anatomic bridle is suited for every horse. Even if they can be adjusted, if they can be adapted slightly to the shape of the horse, it's never possible that one model in atomic-shaped bridles will be suited for every horse. This is why. Have you even looked at your own horse in detail? Just, you know, stand next to him, look at his features, look at his face, his head, and then look up at his ears, for example. His ears can be very high up on the head, close to each other, with a small ear base, or they can be like your neighbour's horse, with ears lower down the skull, quite wide from each other, and with a wide ear base. Now tell me how can one type of headpiece fit both of those heads? The cutout pieces and the anatomic shaped headpieces are not going to be in the same areas to fit both horses. So it's not possible that one headpiece can fit all head types either. Not even if you change sizes. Which is another problem that sometimes occurs. We do have horses that need bridles adapted to the shape and size of the head. Because we do come across a lot of horses that need, for example, a headpiece that's a full size because the ear base is quite wide. But because the head is shorter, they need cob-sized cheek pieces and perhaps cob-sized nose band sometimes or a full nose band. But these days, we don't have many horses that fit in a standard size bridle anymore. Which is a shame, of course, because it used to be so easy and so simple. You knew your horse had a big head, a medium head or a small head. You went to the shop and you just bought extra full, full, cob and in some sizes, you know, pony. Now, people do ask me, why is it so difficult these days to just buy a bridle for your horse? In the old days, you went to the shop, bought one off the hook, it always fitted. Well, then I have to say, there are many elements that do work this in hand. One of them, for example, is that the horses that we're breeding these days, they're not all... Mm, how could I say it? They're not in the standard shape as they were years ago. We've started mixing breeds, mixing types, making them more modern, more sporty, meaning that the heads are getting other shapes as well because it's being influenced by other bloodlines. And on the other hand, you also have the people producing the bridles. When I was a very young girl, the only people producing bridles were real horsemen. You know, people that knew how horses worked, what they looked like, what they needed, how the bridles had to be made. But these days, a lot of the products are made in countries where people haven't even seen a horse up close. So how can they make bridles in the right shape, in the right sizes, or the size combinations that we need? Now, it's not all doom and gloom. I'm just trying to stipulate some small elements of a larger problem, of course. So I'll just go further and talk a little bit about main features and elements we have to look at when we're checking our bridles. For example, the headpiece. We want it to be flat against the head. 
not pressing on the front or the back rim, not standing up, not being indented into the skin very deeply. It needs to fit nice and snug, but not tight. So even when your bridle's done up nicely, ready to ride, you can still slip your hand underneath the headpiece from left to right without too much friction or pressure. If you can't get your head, your hand, excuse me, under the headpiece and move it from left to right, then either your headpiece isn't suited for your horse or your noseband is just too tight. It's as simple as that. When you look a little bit lower, we do find that a lot of the bridles have brow bands that are slightly too short. This means it does give the horse pressure in his face on the front. And it pulls the headpiece to the front as well, causing pressure to the base of the ears at the back, which isn't something we want either. The other thing that it does is it brings everything very close to the TMG as well. So all the straps come very close to the TMG, causing friction, pain and pressure in that very, very important area as well. So brow bands, make sure they're large enough. Then when you go further down the head, you have the nose band. Okay, now I'm go not going to go into detail about every type of model of nose band in this podcast. But let me just say this. You have many models of nose bands on the market. Each type of nose band has its own function, has its own way, how it feels for the horse. Um, helps the horse, supports the horse or gives it freedom, depending on what your horse needs at the time. And of course, it has its own fit. So what do I personally find important? Don't put your nose bands up too high. You'll be putting pressure on nerves and veins, which they don't like. If you leave your nose band too low, it'll be restricting the movement of the bit rings and in some cases even pinching the lips or the sides of the mouth next to where the bit goes into the mouth. So you have to be a bit careful of what height you put your nose band. Then I do ask everyone, don't put your nose bands on too tight. They don't need to be so loose that they're flapping around the head because horses don't like that either. That can be very annoying when straps are flapping around. But we do want the nose band to be loose enough so your horse can chew on the bit. He can still lower his lower jaw to relax to the contact. If you don't give him that freedom of movement for his lower jaw, he's going to be feel tighter in your hand and he's going to be tighter behind the cheek in flexion. What are the top tips? Make sure the headpiece fits well. Make sure your brow band is big enough. Make sure your nose band is big enough as well so it doesn't cause pressure in the wrong zones. Check the height of the nose band. And then last but not least, don't tighten it too much. Well, I hope these small details have interested you enough to listen to my next podcast when I go more into detail about other elements of the bridle. Thank you very much for your attention. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Bridle and Ride on air. I hope you enjoyed it. Follow our podcasts, write a little comment or share it for your friends. If you have any suggestions, just send us an email at info at bridleandride.com. My name's Caitlin and there's more to come soon. <laughs>